It is time now for the Rural News with Sally Murphy. Kia ora Sally and how badly affected are farmers due to heavy rain at the top of the South Island? Kia ora Mani. While the persistent rain has left paddocks fl- flooded and made it impossible for some milk to be collected, Golden Bay has had more than double its normal monthly rainfall in the last couple of days. The area's Federated Farmers President, Cherie Chubb, says everything's drenched. Everything's absolutely sodden. We've got puddles on puddles on puddles. And there's lots of surface flooding around. There are some road closures around that I'm aware of. Everything gets very difficult to manage on farm in these conditions. The um, Yeah, you're just sort of scrambling around trying to make the best decision at the time. And, you know, just little things like... Um, a lot of the electric fences are underwater in places, so everything's sort of short-circuited out. So, you know, the um, animals kind of figure out that, oh, there's no power in those fences. So even though with your best intention to try and leave them in one place, they don't. you don't always find them in the same place you left them in the morning. Fonterra's suspended milk collection for parts of Golden Bay for safety reasons. Co-op spokesperson Charles Ferguson says he's confident collections should be running as usual by the weekend. So what we did overnight was we stopped collecting in the majority of the Golden Bay area, um, and that was primarily a safety call. But on on top of that, we actually couldn't get to farms or some of our farms in the Collingwood area because of road closures. Right now, as far as I understand, although the situation is is changing quickly, um, the road between sort of Nelson, Rye Valley, Havelock Way um, out towards Glenham has been affected, and so we we haven't been getting out there to collect milk today. Further down the coast, local farming leader Bede O'Connor says the Buller River hasn't burst its banks, but some farms have been damaged. Most farms near the river were okay. However, a number of farmers with tributaries or creeks running through their farm, they were running bank to bank, and they'll probably have a repair bill fixing some of the sort of protection work that they'd done previously in February. Bede O'Connor says the rain couldn't have come at a worse time as farmers are incredibly busy with calving. The wet weather is also wreaking havoc for some Tasman orchardists. Paul Thomas of Thomas Brothers Orchard in Rewaka says the rain's putting them behind schedule. At the moment it just means that we can't get out onto the orchard to get jobs done. So uh, it's been wet the entire winter. Uh, we're getting behind. Um, we're not far off uh, having, to, having to start our, our spraying. And, uh, and we're just not able to get, get tractors into the orchards, not able to get people into the orchards to get pruning done. So it's just uh, puts us further behind. Paul Thomas says the backlog of work will be worsened by chronic labour shortages, with less staff on the ground to catch up on tasks. To other news, the country's largest kiwifruit grower has still managed to increase profits despite a challenging year. Seeker has reported a net profit of $21.5 million in the six months ended June, up 4.3% from last year. Company Chief Executive Michael Frank says the result is not the strongest. It's been a challenging six months and the company's now sort of hunkered down and focused on core operations. We've had to contend with you know, all other businesses in the primary sector that you know, rely on hiring people as part of their business. You know, we've had to contend with COVID. Uh, and general labour shortages, I think at its peak, were over 1,100 people short. A lot of inflationary pressure around labour and transport and you know, fuel. We've had a lot of adverse weather events impact us, particularly in Apodiki where there was a storm in late 2021, uh, you know, which wiped out perhaps a couple of million trays. Shipping's been difficult, and generally we've got a lot lower yields um, supplying the company per hectare yields are down, and the quality, as previously reported, has been a pretty average um, late in the season. 
Michael Frank says Seeker's full-year net profit before tax is forecast to be between $9 and $11 million. And as you may have heard in the business news, agriculture rubber goods maker Scalarup has reported another record result. The company, known for its red band gumboots, has reported a net profit after tax of $47.8 million for the year to June. That's a 19% lift on the previous year. Executive Director David Meir says the agri-division of the business is strong, with operating earnings up 10%. He says the result continues to underline the importance of the essential dairy consumable products that Scalarup design, manufacture and sell globally. There's a sort of a local content, if you like, which is very much New Zealand, but there's also the international side. And as I said, we've had broad-based growth And we're still very focused on improving our service and delivery, particularly to the rural customers in New Zealand. So we've been doing a lot of work with them, but a lot of the growth has been international as well, so that's that's been helpful. David Meir says the solid financial result means Scalarup will pay out a dividend of 20.5 cents per share. NZ Pork has proposed some alternatives to the new draft Code of Welfare for Pigs. The National Animal Welfare Advisory Committee, or NAWAC, released a draft code with a number of changes to the way pigs are cared for earlier this year. It proposes that piglets be weaned after 28 days and that fowering crates be either banned or that pigs spend no longer than 72 hours in the crate after nesting. But NZ Pork Chief Executive Brent Kleiss says most piglets are weaned earlier than 28 days because they grow so quickly and become very demanding on the sow. And he says it would be safer for sows to be kept in fowering crates for up to seven days. main criticism is they don't have good welfare outcomes despite their intention. You know, when you put in a requirement to remove fowering crates, which is the equivalent of the maternity ward for sows and piglets, that results in a, in a 6 to 8% increase in piglet mortality. Well, it beggars belief in a lot of ways for farmers to sort of suggest that you're going to have to change to a system which means more of your animals die. So, you know, that's one aspect of it. The other big aspect is it's unaffordable and impractical, for sure. There's not much point forcing our farmers to go to welfare standards so far beyond the rest of the world that it makes it uneconomical for them to be in business and means that New Zealand consumers just substitute their pork buy with the imported product which does not adhere to those standards. NAWAC is analysing the submissions before it submits a final code of welfare to the government for consideration. And just lastly, Bobby Carves going through Meatworks is delaying the processing of lambs around the country. As AgriHQ senior analyst Mal Crowd explains, that's affecting prices. We're still seeing some backlogs of lambs at processing plants, uh, more so those that are that also process Bobby Carves. In those cases, it is holding some lamb prices lower than others, uh, and it is creating a fairly large spread uh, in prices available. We have seen some further upside in farm gate lamb prices. Though uh, the Agri HQ indicator is sitting at nine dollars thirty a kilo this week in the North Island, um, but look, there is now a forty cent per kilo spread uh, between those top end and bottom end prices. Mel Crowd says it's also been difficult getting mutton space at the works, but prices are holding steady at just over six dollars a kilo. And that's the rural news. Koirate Porongo o te tai whenua.